Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Friday, October 6th, 2023 reading of the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. On today's program, why the new COVID shot is a game changer from National Geographic. And are hand tremors a bad sign? From the Washington Post. Plus, are you ready for the bed bug apocalypse? From Vice. And more, time permitting. Here's the first report. Why the new COVID shot is a game changer and why the term booster is obsolete. The latest vaccine formula is available in local pharmacies now. Experts say it will be like the annual flu shot, one and done. Here's why. By Daryl Austin from National Geographic. Unlike earlier in the pandemic, when the initial vaccines were followed by a seemingly never-ending stream of boosters, the recently updated COVID vaccine is simple, a single shot. Developed by Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna and approved on September 11th by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, the new COVID vaccines have arrived just as the latest strain of the virus is causing a spike in hospitalizations and death rates. Last week, for example, COVID-19 deaths in the United States rose by 8 percent from the previous week, and the number of hospitalizations hit 19,079, up by nearly 4,000 from the same week the month before. The primary reason for the rise is because immunity is waning for many people, says William Schaffner, an infectious disease specialist at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Waning immunity occurs when protective antibodies and cellular defenses that were first stimulated by vaccine or infection diminish over time. In the case of COVID-19, it takes an average of about seven months for such waning to occur from one's last COVID infection and about nine months following one's last COVID vaccine. It's why the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, encourages people to stay up to date on their COVID vaccines. Schaffner explains that these updated vaccines are like the annual flu shot and that we are getting closer to needing only one COVID jab a year, rendering the term booster obsolete. For more than 40 years, flu shots have been updated annually to protect against new strains of influenza, and we're now updating our COVID vaccines in the same way, he said. Vaccination versus infection. Although some still believe getting infected with the virus confers greater immunity than a COVID shot, the data continues to suggest otherwise. The research does show that so-called natural immunity that occurs after a previous COVID infection is as protective as getting vaccinated against the virus. It is much riskier and dangerous. We have ample data going back three years now showing that gaining immunity through vaccination is far safer than gaining it by infection, explains John Moore, a microbiologist and immunologist at Weill Cornell Medicine. Schaffner points out that those who are nervous about getting the vaccine should consider that more than 600 million doses of the COVID shots have been safely administered in the U.S., more than 12 billion globally while the risk of hospitalization or death from a COVID infection remains. 
What's more, emerging research has shown that multiple COVID infections can lead to chronic health issues, such as diabetes, kidney disease, organ failure, and even mental health problems. Long COVID symptoms are also troubling and include brain fog, fatigue, chest pain, dizziness, and diminished taste or smell. The CDC says that vaccination remains one's best chance of reducing the risk of long COVID symptoms, chronic conditions, and hospitalization or death, a point echoed by research scientists. Even if someone doesn't end up suffering hospitalization or chronic conditions as a result of a COVID infection, Moore says, at the very least, the disease will make their life quite unpleasant for a week or longer as they deal with many disruptive symptoms. Isn't that alone worse than a potential sore arm and a one-day headache that some experience after getting the vaccine, he says? Why the new shot is prudent. Though previous COVID vaccines provided life-saving protection against the original strain of the virus and its many subsequent variants, the latest strains of the virus, including the most common, EG5, carry lots of mutations that may help them evade any immunity we currently have, says Aaron Abner, an epidemiologist at the University of Kentucky College of Public Health. The new shots, now available at pharmacies across the country, have been engineered to specifically target the Omicron subvariants circulating today. The most important message is for Americans to get this newly available annual immunization since it specifically targets these new Omicron XBB subvariants and their derivatives, advises Peter Hotez, a physician and co-director of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development. Who should get the new COVID vaccines and when? The CDC recommends that anyone six months and older receives the latest COVID shot. Leanna Wen, an emergency physician and public health professor at the George Washington University Milken Institute School of Public Health, says that older adults and immunocompromised individuals should be at the front of the line. For them, this vaccine is especially essential, she says. One area where opinions differ, however, is when to get the new shot. Though the CDC recommends getting this vaccine if it's been two months since one's last COVID vaccine or infection, many epidemiologists and primary care physicians think people can wait until four to six months have passed since their last COVID vaccine or infection. It's not unsafe to get it any sooner, just thought to be unnecessary so close to an earlier infection or vaccine dose, Moore says. It may be wise to space them out a bit more to spread out protection, he says. But that's only a question of timing. It does not matter whether or not you got an earlier version of the vaccine, be it the primary series, booster, or any COVID vaccine, the new vaccine can help protect you, says Scott Ratson, a physician based in New York City and a lecturer at CUNY Graduate School of Public Health. The new vaccine will not provide complete protection from infection, adds Abner, but it will drastically reduce the risk of severe illness, hospitalization, and death, she says. It's also worth noting that these latest shots are generally a one-and-done vaccine, regardless of past COVID vaccine history, says Elizabeth Jacobs, a chronic disease epidemiologist at the University of Arizona Cancer Center. The exception is kids under the age of five who have never been vaccinated. 
For them, their initial vaccination should comprise of more than one dose. Individuals who are immunocompromised may also need more than one dose, she says. Can you get the COVID shot and flu shot together? The CDC says, and the experts agree, that it's okay to get both the influenza and COVID vaccines at the same time. By now, we've seen plenty of data showing there are no harms associated with getting both shots together, says Schaffner. One consideration the experts pointed out regarding potentially spacing them apart, however, is whether you have had any kind of negative response to either vaccine in the past, such as a headache, nausea, or a particularly sore arm, and whether you'd prefer spacing out those short-term side effects over two trips to the pharmacy, or suffering through just one maybe especially insufferable day, says Moore. He adds that, by now, most people know how their body reacts to either a flu or COVID vaccine, so whatever your past short-term response to each one has been, this time will probably be similar, he says. One other thing Ratson says to consider regarding the timing of both vaccines is that some people are waiting to get the flu vaccine in later October or November for maximum effectiveness during flu season, though they should schedule to get the latest COVID vaccine now, he says. Who shouldn't get the COVID vaccine? Because of age, health conditions, or other factors, the CDC sometimes advises certain groups against getting some vaccines, but that isn't the case for COVID shots. Currently, the only people for whom these shots are not recommended are those who have had a rare but severe allergic reaction to an earlier dose of the vaccine or individuals with a history of myocarditis or pericarditis within three weeks of receiving any COVID-19 vaccine. All other groups, including pregnant women, children six months and older, and those with chronic medical conditions, are advised to get the updated COVID jab. In fact, for many such people, the risk of adverse effects from a COVID-19 infection makes doing so especially important. Is the new COVID vaccine still free? Pfizer and Moderna have priced their updated COVID vaccines at about $125. Since the end of the public health emergency in May of 2023, the U.S. federal government is no longer covering the cost of these vaccines. Now, health insurance companies are expected to pick up the tab. There have been reports of coding issues and some hiccups with some insurances not covering the cost of the vaccines, but hopefully these issues will get ironed out very soon, says Hotez. In the meantime, and for those who are uninsured or underinsured, the CDC is providing a bridge access program to cover the cost of the shot through December 31, 2024. In addition, local health departments may have some free or reduced-cost COVID vaccines available, says Jacobs. Both Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines are thought to be equivalent, so get whichever one your provider has available, advises Schaffner. If you are vaccinated against these latest strains of COVID during October, you should receive optimal protection through the winter, he says. Up next... Are hand tremors a bad sign? Here's what the science says, by Patricia Pazricha, M.D., from The Washington Post. And this is written in question-and-answer format. Question. I've noticed my hands are shaking more lately. Should I be worried? Answer. 
if hand tremors don't interfere with your daily life, there may not be anything to worry about. We all have a very low amplitude, high frequency tremor that's considered normal. Try placing a sheet of paper on your outstretched hand, palm side up, and you'll see what I mean. But as we get older, the frequency of our normal background tremor becomes slower and may become more noticeable in everyday activities. Around a quarter of people over the age of 70 have some form of visible tremor. There are also potential triggers that can enhance our baseline tremor to the point it can be detected by the naked eye. These include extreme fear, anxiety, or fatigue, fever, hyperthyroidism, or low blood sugar, vigorous exercise, alcohol and opioid withdrawal, certain drugs such as antidepressants like SSRIs or SNRIs, albuterol, prednisone, nicotine, and caffeine. In these situations, addressing the potential triggers can fix the apparent tremor. However, there are some important times when a tremor is a sign of an underlying condition, such as Parkinson's disease or multiple sclerosis. If you have a new tremor with no obvious trigger, talk to your doctor. Underlying causes of tremors. Tremors are involuntary movements usually due to quick, alternating contractions of antagonistic muscles, your biceps and triceps, for example, in which one of the pair relaxes while the other contracts to move part of your body. Beyond what we know about the role of the brain and muscles in tremors, there is long standing evidence that the gut plays an important role in many neurological disorders. Recently, scientists have found that people with Parkinson's disease and essential tremor have unique changes in their microbiomes, and tremor severity is correlated with changes in certain short chain fatty acids, beneficial compounds that are produced when bacteria in our colons ferment fiber. The first question a physician may ask about your tremor is whether it happens while at rest, like while your arm is otherwise comfortably supported on a chair or during voluntary activity. In some cases where the cause of your tremor is unclear, doctors may order a special head scan. Potential causes of tremors Essential tremor Maybe your tremor occurs more with action or seems to happen only when writing, known as a primary writing tremor. You may have an essential tremor, which is very common. Patients with essential tremor describe scenarios like trying to type on a keyboard and accidentally hitting the same key over and over, trouble holding their hands steady to shave, or frustration with food falling off their forks before it can reach their mouths. Essential tremors can run in families and often happens symmetrically to both hands. It may even transiently improve with alcohol because of ethanol's effect on receptors in the cerebellum and brainstem. But while alcohol may alleviate the tremor briefly, it frequently causes a rebound shortly after ingestion with an increased tremor amplitude that can last several hours. And besides the concerns of alcohol use disorder, long standing alcohol use may further compromise the same neural pathways responsible for the tremor in the first place. Instead, there are several options to treat an essential tremor that your doctor can advise you on drugs like propranolol and primidone, wearing weighted gloves, or even deep brain stimulation. 
Essential tremor is not considered dangerous per se, but some people appear to be at higher risk of ultimately developing Parkinson's disease. So keeping your doctor in the loop about any health changes is important. Essential tremors are more common as we get older, and some studies found that a new tremor occurring after the age of 65 is associated with a risk of dementia. Parkinson's disease. Tremor is the first symptom in roughly three out of four people with Parkinson's disease. In Parkinson's disease, the tremor often starts in just one hand while at rest, sometimes appearing as if the thumb and forefinger are rolling a pill back and forth, but may also occur in the leg or foot. This tremor is linked in part to dopamine depletion in an area of the brain called the substantia nigra. Parkinson's disease patients may benefit from medications that boost their body's supply of dopamine, like levodopa. Multiple sclerosis. Tremor affects many patients with multiple sclerosis, an immune-related disease of the central nervous system. People with multiple sclerosis may experience attacks of neurological symptoms like sudden loss of sensation on one side or trouble with their vision that seem to improve on their own before another episode begins. Wilson's disease, a less common cause of tremor, Wilson's disease is more frequently diagnosed in younger patients and occurs due to a genetic defect causing copper to accumulate in parts of the body, like the liver. Joints and brain. What I want my patients to know. Many people find their tremor embarrassing and disruptive to their ability to do everyday tasks like brushing teeth and eating, much less doing their jobs or hobbies they love. People with movement disorders may benefit from a broader healthcare team beyond just their doctor, or may have needs that go beyond a prescription. Make sure to ask how you can become connected to other specialists like physical and occupational therapists, psychologists, or dietitians who can help improve your overall health and wellness. And Trisha Pesricha is a physician and journalist who writes the "Ask a Doctor" column for the Washington Post. She's an instructor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Up next, are you ready for the bed bug apocalypse? The little critters that could are currently on tour in France. We asked a scientist if they're a harbinger of things to come. By Nick Thompson from Vice. The thing about being eaten alive by insects is you know it'll happen at the most inopportune time. You know it won't happen when you're eating right and doing your little exercises, mentally bolstered and prepared for life's cosmic jokes. No, it's clearly going to happen when work's getting massively on top, or the night before that sexy date you've somehow landed. You see, bed bugs are the eternal boogeymen of the mattress, and they're so back. The little guys are tearing through France, popping up everywhere, and not just in Gallic boudoirs. They're on public transport, in the cinemas, in your nightmares. Though the whole country's going through it. Paris has reportedly been most affected as gnarly photos and videos circulate of infested Parisian infrastructure. At the end of September, French officials moved to allay fears because there are fears. There's no purer, more crystalline fear, in fact, than these blood-sucking, oval-bodied little guys. To reassure and protect, 
French Transport Minister Clément Bune posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, that he would bring together transport operators to provide information on the actions undertaken and act in the interest of passengers, he wrote. Despite the government launching a campaign in 2020 to help tackle the infestation, France's bedbug problem is an ongoing political issue. It's an especially pressing one for French President Emmanuel Macron's government, with the Paris 2024 Summer Olympics coming into view, not to mention the 2023 Rugby World Cup, which has already started. According to Professor James Logan, professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and CEO of Arctech Innovation, there's multiple factors behind the bedbugs' rise. Climate change is one thing, he tells Vice. Most insects breed better when it's warmer, so if there are more months of the year that are warmer, then there's more chance of insects breeding quicker, he says. But with bedbugs, we're seeing an ongoing increase in many parts of the world, he explains. And that's partly due to global travel. Particularly following the pandemic, people are moving around a lot more than they were obviously a few years ago, he says. He says bedbugs have also become more resistant to insecticides and toxic chemicals used to kill them. And the rise in popularity of secondhand furniture is another way the little critters can hitch a ride. Paris, however, hasn't necessarily got it worse than anywhere else. I haven't seen any scientific evidence to suggest that, Logan says. Bed bugs are everywhere, and they are on the increase, and therefore it isn't surprising that they would be somewhere like Paris, he says. Maybe it's just because of the attention on the Olympics next year that maybe it's being highlighted, but it could also be that they've just been unlucky and that they do have a bit of a resurgence at the moment, Logan says. What can people do to protect themselves from bedbugs? You can wear a repellent if you were, say, taking public transport, although Logan says the chances of encountering a bedbug, even in Paris, is probably quite small. If you're staying somewhere, like in a hotel room, the best thing to do is keep your suitcase or your luggage off the floor, he adds. Keep it zipped closed so nothing can get in there because that's how they hitchhike, he says. Also, don't leave your clothes on the floor, but if you do, check them, especially along the seams, just to check that there's nothing hiding there, Logan says. If you see a bedbug in your hotel room, ask to move. Say the worst thing in the world actually happens and you have a home infestation. Call the pest controller, Logan advises. The key is to find out as soon as possible and to get it dealt with as soon as possible. And really, the best way is to get a pest controller in who will do that, he says. While unpleasant, bed bug bites are, medically speaking, only a nuisance as they cannot transmit diseases to humans. We just need to learn to live smarter in a bug's world, Logan says. We'll never get rid of them, so we just need to work out how best to protect ourselves against them. For example, he and his team at Arctech are working on a trap utilizing pheromones that bedbugs produce. Logan warns that climate change will have an impact on insect populations, including bedbugs. Although bedbugs are likely to be there anyway, it will probably exacerbate that along with other insects that we really need to be worried about in the future, like mosquitoes, he says. Aedes mosquitoes are in France, and they are mosquitoes that transmit dengue fever, and you do get little outbreaks of dengue in France. 
It will only be a matter of time before that comes to the UK, so maybe it's an indication of what's to come, he says. Up next, yoga for your memory from Consumer Reports on Health. Scores on tests of working memory, the ability to remember and use info such as phone numbers, improved after eight weeks of at home yoga in a small study. Using a yoga video, participants did three 50 minute sessions a week. Researchers say the mental workout of learning yoga moves may provide memory benefits. And the source is the Journal of Behavioral Medicine. Thank you for joining us for the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303 786 7777.